Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy, Molly and Rachel, and today we're going to be talking about one of our favourite unreleased songs and what I like to call the original All Too Well, by the way. Welcome back to the Swift Legacy Podcast. Today, we're very excited to be talking. I know we say this every single week, but this is one of our favorite unreleased songs, or I'm going to say it's one of my favorite unreleased songs. I'm sure... I know it's one of Molly's. One of my two. Nod. You have to say. You have to say. Oh something. yeah, sorry. I was. I was sat on mute. I was going to finish. No, it's definitely one of mine. Definitely. So this song was written in 2004, and it was co-written by Taylor, Derek Rutten, and Brett Beavers, and it was recorded. Or the only recorded version that we know of is an acoustic work tape, and that has Brett Beavers on backing vocals. Um, it's not the best quality work tape, but it's not the worst. I will say there are two, I've got two versions, one being, as in like not two different versions, but one's pitched and one's not. I only had the pitched version for so long and it is, it's hilarious. I would just look, because it's such a good song that I would listen to it pitched just because I couldn't find the unpitched version. But it, she literally sounds like she has inhaled a whole balloon of helium. It's either that or like when I first listened to it, I was like, is this a nine-year-old? Like it genuinely sounds like she's a yeah. child because it's so <laughs> high-pitched. But no, I put it on earlier. I haven't listened to it in a while. And I accidentally put on the pitched version. I was like, I do not remember it being no. as bad quality. No. But no. Oh my God. No, if um, if you guys listening aren't familiar with the pitching issues <laughs> that we kind of run into in the unreleased community, basically to kind of avoid copyright issues people will pitch the songs so her vocals go super super high pitched and just completely distorted so that they can post them on YouTube without kind of getting done for copywriting for some reason i had in my head that by the way was a liz rose co-write because to me it just it does i know what you mean it sound like that yeah mm. It kind of screams. I definitely see what you mean there. Mm. Um, she also wrote "Being with My Baby" with Brett Beavers in yeah. early two thousand and four. So yeah, so this by was the way, around the same time. I that's two thousand and four. By the way, it was like a Drew song. I don't think it like, can have been. Like seeing, I don't know. I guess I always thought it was a Liz Rose co-write, and of course, like Tim McGraw was a Liz Rose co-write, and I thought it just sounded like. By the way, you still look amazing, and I must have been crazy to let you get away. By the way, I've still got the same old number. If you ever wondered, just in case, like I just really yeah, thought that was them like bumping into each other when he came home for the holidays. It does sound like that, and it's too early, without, though, isn't it? It is timeline wise. I've never really thought about it, but looking at it from that perspective, it must be fictional. I've just had my world rocked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to break it to you, Rachel. Unless I, I never came up today. <laughs> I wonder whether it, it could be because it is it's so storyline based and so emotional I wonder whether potentially it could have been inspired by a film or a book mm, rather than completely true. I'm sorry <laughs> I, I think we've just we've we've crushed Rachel's dreams yeah. right there I also will mention that she wrote with Derek Rutten on Down Came the Rain and that oh, was right. in 2004 five ish and time. she does the the harmonies and that one and he does the lead 
yes, he does lead mm-hmm. vocals. It's acoustic, but in a studio. Mm-hmm. That's everything any of those co-writers wrote with her. So just one each, essentially. Yeah, essentially. Should we read what the Inner Circle have to say about this song? Molly, do you want to yes. do the honours? Okay, so Steve says, the heart-wrenching acoustic guitar sets the mood for this song of tremendous emotional sadness. I'm not sure what other kind of sadness you can have. The words haunt you long after because there is so much pain in Tay's voice. Why is he called her Tay? Her Why the hell has breaking. he called her Tay? <laughs> That's so funny. Her heart is still breaking over words left unsaid and it's going to take her a while to be able to love again. Again, Steve reworking the lyrics. All of her hurt feelings flood back into her mind as she sees the boy she once had feelings for, but he's now with another girl. So, I mean, he has kind of explained that fairly well. But I mean, yeah, but it's he's taken the lyrics song and premise. paraphrased them. Yeah, he's he fully paraphrased it. He's a remixer. <laughs> I, I mean, two two things are absolutely sending me about this description: a emotional sadness, as opposed to physical sadness, as opposed to metaphorical sadness. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I know. And uh, I don't think he's called her Tay in any any other descriptions. But that's really creepy. It's to kind me. of creepy. That, yeah. That weirds me out. Oh well, it's Steve. I don't know why we're really surprised. So, yeah, it's true. true. So we've already kind of touched on this with the timeline, but do we think this is a fictional song? Obviously, Rachel didn't used to. Um, but what are your thoughts on that now, Rachel? I mean, I'm going through extreme emotional sadness. Just put it that way. So I I'm really upset about this. Do we do we have anything concrete that does say it was 2004? Or are we just going along the lines of like being with my baby was 2004 also? Um, which is we, which is like a good solid lead and all that. Yeah, we're going mm-hmm. along the lines of mm-hmm. she co-wrote okay. those during that time, and also mm-hmm. we have sources that that say that was the most likely time. And that was Brett Beavers. Did she do? Who's this is really who's um sorry who's that's when with that's with the that's when that's with the Warren with brothers the Warren brothers uh, the other the other one sorry it's one of them's called Brett <laughs> Warren aren't they that's why I got it yeah yes, no, Brett Warren that's it okay God people with these like country names um, <laughs> I'm gutted honestly I would just like to know if there's anybody else listening to this that also thought this was like part of the Tim McGraw ascension because I really really did and as you know I like to be correct on facts I pride myself in it and that's one that's really dumbfounded me I'm a bit heartbroken grieving the loss that never was how about you guys <laughs> uh, I'd never really thought about it I am really bad at like actually linking unreleased songs to I feel like I just enjoy the songs for what they are I don't tend to link them to her personal life kind of released ones like, yeah maybe I know I was gonna say Rachel's gonna hate me but um no, I think it's probably inspired by, I don't know, maybe seeing a guy she liked with with someone else. But I think based on the fact that it was probably 2004. Yeah. That, that is an amazing was... song for a 14-year-old. I know. Oh, definitely. It's, mm. it's one of my all-time favourites from mm. unreleased music. Um, I feel like it's like, it it does like pull some weight to be on the debut role because it is that lyrically fantastic. And like, it's mm. such like a ballad as well. It really is like, I'm sorry, but it is kind of, I know I like to say this a lot, with with um we were happy but by the way it's another like all too well like precursor yeah we knew that they was kind coming. of they do they run on the same vein they really do yeah like, like gut-wrenching ballads definitely I can I can also mm. kind of see it in a parallel with I almost do I think I almost do possibly closer to than all too well it's almost like that kind of longing I don't, yeah mm. 
Whereas I don't know, maybe I see you all too well in a different light now that we've got the 10 minute version. Yeah, that's true. Kind of context behind. I feel like all too well, it's just the pinnacle of gut-wrenching ballads. Like it doesn't have to like follow the same storyline or anything. It's just, they don't have to be linked. It's it's just a gut-wrenching ballad. All too well is at the very, very top of that mountain. And you've got like, by the way, we were happy like right next to it. Like literally just like one notch below. I can see that. I can see your reason. I'll take that. Mm. So considering we all love this song so much and it is beautiful lyrically, let's talk about why we think it didn't make the debut album because if we're going with our time period, it would definitely have been written within plenty of time to be included. Rachel, what are your thoughts? She she missed a lot of things off the debut album because she said she didn't want anyone to pigeonhole her. She didn't want to do a full album of love songs, a full album of heartbreak songs. She wanted it to showcase kind of like every single one of her songwriting talents in there. That's why it's quite a diverse album. You know, you've got a song about a summer love moving away. You've got a song about a breakup with a person that you never actually with. You've got a song about an unrequited crush. You've got a song about being an outsider. You've got a song... Cold as you, heartbreak ballad. You've got stay beautiful again, like having just a fun crush, one that's not breaking your heart, tied together with a smile. If I'm an eating disorder, I won't go on. I also think sweet tea and God's graces. That also, fictionally in my head, now that I know they're not all connected, they could all fit in the same storyline. They could definitely have like connected music videos. I know that was like 2006, so it wouldn't have happened. But if they were all released today, those three really could have like connected music videos, a bit like Jake Owen's. Um, his days of gold album in my head it's kind of like it's almost too similar to teardrops on my guitar and I don't know if that's maybe just me but I feel like of the debut album songs that's possibly thematically what it's I can most see that or closest to Tim McGraw in my head is quite different I don't know this has really got me thinking now it's somewhere between the two of them I think it is a, a strange mm. mix I, I do I think it stands on its own because it's kind of like it's Whereas Tim McGraw is looking back with nostalgia in a happy way. This is like looking back like, ow. It's regret. Exactly. That That's much more eloquent than my ow pain. <laughs> Where would you guys have like placed it on the album? Would you have knocked Ooh. a pre-existing track off for it? Or like whereabouts in the track listing would you put it if you like pull up the, the debut album now? The Beautiful Eyes EP. No, I don't even say that. No, no, no that it's, it's album worthy. Album worthy. No, it's, it's, it's definitely album worthy. Album worthy. Yeah. Um, honestly, I know I always say this, but I would have kicked off something like Invisible. I just so you put it off. as a bonus track, would you? By the way, um, I'm not. Oh God, I don't know. This is tough. Mm. I mean, Invisible, Perfectly Good Heart. They um, are all bonus tracks, you know, like. I suppose like you've got Tim McGraw running through to our song. That's like standard album. Would you okay. remove any standard album tracks for By The Way? Because I do feel like By The Way supersedes certain tracks on there. I think like, what's the word I'm looking like? Form- formulaically? I can't say it formulaically. Like as a song, it is better than a lot of them. But I just hmm. don't. Okay. I just don't know if I'd knock any off for it. The, the, the ones that I either, I'd either knock off A Place in This World or The Outside, but at that point in the track list, it'd either be coming after Teardrops on My Guitar, which I feel like it's too similar to, or mm. Cold As You and Do You Want mm. Two Ballads in a Row. So no. I don't think I could knock anything off. If I was going to put it anywhere, I'd put it possibly after Should Have Said No. I was going to say that. I, and I love that. Mary's song. I really, one of my favourites, most underrated, wrote the lyrics on my arm for the Red Tour. 
but I feel like it would fit before our song after she just said no. Yeah. Okay, glad we're um, on the same page. Wait, Molly, are you come on, Amy, come yeah. cause some controversy. Molly, are you saying you would kick Mary's song off the debut album because if no, so, I'd make no. I'd make Mary's song a bonus track. I think Mary's song would be a really good bonus track as opposed to, yeah. Okay, I and see that. And then I'd kick, I'd kick um, A Perfectly Good Heart off. Yeah. Okay. I like a Perfectly Good Heart. I can live with that. Yeah, but you like, um, what's you the like one, this one that you like? You, you like, like the Girl at be Home something remix. More. I do. I love it. The Pots and Pans remix. <laughs> um, but if if I'm looking at the, the album in... In general, I can't kick the outside off. I know it's not the best song, but it means it, a lot it needs to, me. to be there. Like I get Taylor's like vision. Yeah. Sorry, I, I worded that really badly. You you <laughs> vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know whether I know Stay Beautiful is a very upbeat song, and that would then mean by the way came after Tied Together with a Smile. Again, ballad, ballad. Um, but I would probably, if I had to pick something to go I would say stay beautiful or a place in this world I love stay beautiful don't even think about it I don't dislike it I'm just looking at the rest of the album and I think by the strongest yeah it's not not as definitely stronger than stay beautiful it is catchy but you need the every album has its stay beautiful it's hey Hey, Steven. Steven it's stay 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 yeah, like there is. There's Do you glass hey song. Steven? That's that cheesy one. Do you? Yeah, it's not cheesy. It's, it's not just cheesy. No, it it's is a happy. It's like a happy, not very serious. It's quite cheesy. Oh, I don't know what speaks it now. Is cheesy. There's nothing wrong with a yeah. bit of cheese. cheesy. I feel like shake it off is a cheesy one. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, and then I'm what? To speak think. now. I'd say oh, maybe even you belong. Oh with no, me Superman. Superman. That's banging. I don't know what I'd say for Speak Now. Superman. I do think the Superman. title track Speak Now is cheesy. No. Yeah, I do. Oh I don't think it's cheesy. I, like, I am, bad, honestly. I am Have you biggest... heard Superman? I'm sorry. We can't argue that I it's like anything Superman. about Superman. You two are insane. I'm far away, but I'll never let you go. Love struck and looking out the window. Underrated. I... With a bit of better production, it wouldn't get the slander. <laughs> but I Have like the lyrics. production. Yes. I I am the biggest speak now the song defender. Like I will I will I I will fight for that song. It deserved I love a music it video. Much. Let's be real. Damn right. Yes, yeah. it deserved a music video. It's it's Do the entire concept. Like, back back in the day, somebody over like twenty eleven, somebody pretended that Speak Now was getting a music video on YouTube because they like took the Speak Now album shoot or the yep. wedding scenes. Yep, and they like clipped it up and they're like behind the scenes. Speak now music video and I went and told all of my friends and they all no. made fun of me. So thanks oh, for getting no. me bullied. <laughs> no, but that that song, I mean, gown shaped like a pastry. Did oh. anyone else when the I bet you think about me music video come out came out? Did anyone else immediately think speak yeah. now? Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if we, I feel like we've gotten very off topic there, but I will, I will never say no to an opportunity of discussing it. Speak now, the song. Um, let's go back to by the way and think about: Do we think it is a yes possibility for a vault song? Yes, yes. Molly's already going with yes, absolutely. I'd why I'd genuinely be. I just think it's so good. <laughs> like I have no mm. other explanation. But also, you're 
you look at the ones that she picked for Fearless and they went far back. Like it's not songs that were written immediately before the album came out that didn't quite make it because the the turnaround was too short. It's, she's really gone into her back catalogue. I'm not sure that, I don't think she's going to miss a song like this, if that makes sense. The only reason yeah. why I might say no is because all the other songs I want for Debut Vault are ballads pretty much. Like Dark Blue Tennessee, Just Self and Knowing Why. Like I don't know if that will get to the point where she's like, too many and it's I'd not probably put the thing is, yeah. the competition for the debut vault is just insane like there are so many incredible songs that deserve to be on there plus the ones the, we haven't heard exactly I just I Nashville. don't know how wait how she's gonna do it not Nashville let's not go there <laughs> no let's not Rachel what, what do you think um I does it deserve a place Yes, but the competition is so, so, so high. And as far as we know, beautiful, not beautifulized. By the way, has was never um, recorded as more than an acoustic demo. It was never like properly produced, so that kind of shows you it wasn't ever taken that seriously. True. Which unfortunately probably will influence like her take on whether or not to include it in the vault. But I do think it deserves it. It deserves its moment. And if it doesn't get on there, I really hope that like Taylor of DJ on TikTok like, makes their own version with good production. That would be nice. I will say though, that's when we only had a really crappy demo of that's when, and mm. I was very surprised that that mm-hmm. got on. I would Phil's never guess that. Neither would I. No. And no. I, I, I like the song. I'm not saying anything against it. I do enjoy it. I think it. I think it's good. But I also think that there are songs that could have been better chosen yeah. for the Yeah, Phil's I vault. get what you're saying. But I, I just really want the debut vault to be like pure yeehaw, cowboy boot wearing, tractor riding, fancies, boys from pickup trucks, Taylor Swift. That's what I want. Yes. And I won't apologize for what I want. No. <laughs> I mean, I know what I want should be on there. And it ain't you. Exactly. Yeah. That's such a good I, one. Oh my God. There are just, there are so many that I want to see oh. on the debut vault at this point. We're going to need like four discs to fit it all on. Do you remember that interview she did when she was like 17 and somebody asked her about like all the songs she'd written and she was like, I'm going to be really selfish with my songs. Like I've written enough songs to release albums and albums and albums and never write another song again. She wasn't lying. She wasn't (laughs) lying. Like she's evil for that. Mm. Like knowing that there are so many album worthy songs out there. There's a good five extra albums just in the unreleased songs that we have. Yeah. And that's like barely scratching the surface. Exactly. It's mad, honestly. Imagine if she had like released all of the debut like era vault style like tracks, just as like albums following on from her debut. There was never like a fearless to speak now, whatever. What would they be called? Which which like unreleased songs would be the title tracks, do you think? I actually really like by the way, as a, an album title. I like it. Yeah. Like it as like a little message at the end, like oh by the way, and then all the things she'd wish she'd said. But like a bonus track, by the way, being the bonus track. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. That's I a good love one. this concept. I'm just thinking of like um, what would be a good concept for like a... Okay. I know what I want. Out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about Closest to a Cowboy? Oh, yes, there we are. I would do. Okay. So if we're looking at the lyrics, let's round off the episode with what are our favourite lyrics from By the Way? Can I just say, I really love the internal rhymes of um, 
by the way, your answer, eyes are dancing. I'd say the chances, like dancing and chances. And then later on, um, oh, what was it? You still look amazing. And I must have been crazy, like the the Z sound in that. Like it's mm-hmm. a kind of half rhyme, but it it's really clever. Rhyme, yeah. I really mm. like that. So those are a couple of my favorites just because of the, the sound of it, like mm. the sound of the, I know we were talking about, was this on an episode? Was this when we were talking about um, Big Red Machine and one of their make, writing songs to do with the sounds of the world? Yeah, last week. Yeah. Um, I quite like Starting <laughs> Over would look so good on you. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, Starting Over looks think... so good on you. Yeah. In case you ever wondered, I've got the same old number just in case because I still miss you and I still love you, by the way. The That's outro so of that is just... <sighs> pain <sighs> so much pain yeah Amy um I feel like I have to say the whole chorus like <laughs> by the, no, really no, by the way your eyes are dancing I say the chances of that are getting slim like yep ow and then by the way my heart's still breaking it's gonna take a while to love again ow it just 14. hurts I <laughs> can't believe she I mean god how did this not make an album? I'm suing. Do you, do you think it was like maybe intended to be pitched to a different artist? Because I suppose she was quite since possibly. 2004. She well, wouldn't have quite been with Big Machine yet. She would have been on her songwriting contract with, was it Sony ATV? There is some kind of, not controversy, but there is some confusion around whether it may have been sold to another singer called Jordan Shellhart. She covered it once. I've not heard about that. Yeah, there's no other information about it, but a few people wonder whether it was sold to her or whether that was just like a, a fan covering thing, but she is an artist. She is signed by Rick Barker, who managed oh, Taylor yeah. like right back in like 2006. Ooh. Interesting tidbit of information. Yeah. I wonder if it Do was. Do you remember that thing she wrote Rick Barker on like a, like a Christmas themed paper plate that's like, my three wishes and it was like to get an ACM to like to be in like the top 40 like for Rick to be my BH for life (laughs) (gasps) I forgot about that incredible so funny I need to find that again we should post that (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I can't find the um the lyrics she wrote on the wall with um is it Amy Mayo and somebody else the movie yeah you couldn't take your eyes off me I can't find that anywhere online I can't find them oh my god Mm-hmm. I always it reminds me of when she wrote Getaway Car on Jack Antonoff's studio <laughs> wall. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content, and we'll see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast. <laughs>